Hello, this is TechBiter Worldwide, formerly Technology Corner, for the week of January 7th, 2007. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in far less than an hour because we leave out the sports, the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. For the first program of 2007, TechBiter Worldwide, and I still want to say Technology Corner, so forgive me if I do that a time or two, TechBiter Worldwide has a new look. I modify the website every year about this time, but this year's changes are a little more obvious than they've been in the past. First of all, there's the omission of any reference to WTVN Radio. The program is no longer limited to Ohio. It appears via podcast worldwide. Hence the new name, hence the new logo. Now, you'll still see the old formats if you look at some of the older programs. WTVN is still mentioned there. After all, the programs were on WTVN. For designers, I should mention that I did seriously consider this year doing the columns on the website with cascading style sheets. In the final analysis, I decided not to do that because not all browsers that are in use currently support columns via cascading style sheets. If someone is using an older browser, CSS-based columns would cause a problem for them. So, TechBiter Worldwide is still table-based. That's a deprecated technology. It's eventually going away. But for now, it's appropriate. You'll also notice on the website, by the way, the website still is www.techbiter.com, or you can also get there through 610tech.net. I've retained that name. And you can also get there through technology-corner.com. Lots of ways to get to the site. You'll notice that there's less junk at the top of the page. I decided to be more conservative in using space at the top of the page because not everybody looks at TechBiter Worldwide on a wide, tall, high-resolution screen. So I try to get as much information above the fold, to use a newspaper term, uh, as I can. Tools used in developing the logos and the menus this year, CorelDRAW, I always use CorelDRAW. There is the continuing problem with CorelDRAW that when you export an image that has anti-aliasing used, you get a bright, lighter colored line to the left and at the bottom of the box, the bounding box. It's not a showstopper. It's an annoyance. I continue to press Corel on that issue, and there is upcoming later this month an interview with a program manager from Corel Draw. Also used Zara's Menu Maker, a great little program. This time around, for some odd reason, I had some very strange results. Zara Menu Maker creates graphics and the appropriate JavaScript that causes the graphics to work properly. This time around, for reasons still undetermined, Menu Maker created some relatively serious problems. The JavaScript did not pick up all of the links that it should have. So if you click on one of the links, you didn't go to an appropriate page. Well, that's a problem. Fortunately, I know enough about JavaScript that I could take what Menu Maker created and modify it. 
Now, unfortunately, MenuMaker is designed for people who don't necessarily know that much about JavaScript. The average MenuMaker user, at least the people to whom that program is targeted, would probably be frustrated and clueless if that happened to them. Cause? Still undetermined. Colors are different this year, too. I've already gotten some feedback from some folks who have taken a look at the older version and the newer version, have said that they like the new version. They say it's easier on the eyes. Well, thank you very much. That's exactly what I was looking for. That's what I intended uh, to have happen with this year's version of the website, to make it a little easier to read, to make it easier on the eyes, and apparently I've been successful in doing that. Take a look at the site. Let me know. What do you like? What do you not like? Yeah, really, what do you not like? If there's something on the site that you don't like, let me know. I might change it. And again, I might not. But at least I'll take your suggestion seriously. Speaking of seriously, I am seriously convinced that the big record labels and the Recording Industry Association of America are dead, but they just don't know it yet. Independent artists and small labels are using the Internet, and they're using it, to get around the big labels that used to control music. The RIAA continues the fight, but I believe the cause is already lost. Groups such as Chumbawamba, for example, openly thumb their collective noses at that old system. And you look at some of the new artists, for example, Vienna Tang, who is a former Cisco Systems programmer who uses the web to spread the word about her CDs. Vianna Tang may be the best example of the new way of doing things. She appeared on the Bob Edwards program on XM Radio late in 2006, talked about her latest CD, which is called Dreaming Through the Noise. It is her third CD. In the interview with Edwards, Tang talked about using the web to learn where she should schedule performances. Her website is well-designed. Although she told Edward she doesn't do the design herself, she does occasionally tinker with it. Now, what's interesting is that she uses the web to determine where to schedule performances. People can vote on where the next performance should be. This is an incredibly powerful feature for an artist. If you know where your audience is, you can go to the audience one of the main attractions on Vienna Tang's website is the scrapbook section. Some folks would call it a blog. It's there that she shows photographs of, oh, say, for example, a proper southern breakfast in New Orleans, Louisiana. And there she is shown holding a plate of breakfast with eggs and grits and all the good stuff from the south. She describes what she's been doing, what she's been thinking about. You know, this is called connecting with your audience. It's sincere. It's personable. And the RIAA just doesn't get it. The artist communicates directly and intimately with the people who are likely to come to those concerts and to buy her records, or her CDs if you want to get technical about it. Some of the more radical musicians feel that their recordings should be free, as in no cost, available publicly, and to be used as advertisements for their live performances. That makes a lot of sense to me, because sometimes the best way to get people to pay for what you do 
is to give something away. Teng's website, for example, offers several downloadable MP3 files. If you want the entire CD, you have to buy it. But there's also a merchandise section on the website with clothing, sheet music, and a lot of other things. These are simply the kinds of things that those big labels just don't get, but they are immediately obvious to 20-something artists like Vienna Tang. Now, I mentioned Bob Edwards. His show on XM airs at 8 a.m. and also at 8 p.m. I'm at work at 8 a.m., and I really can't concentrate on listening to Bob's guests. And at 8 p.m., I'm probably not in the best mental state to listen to Bob's program. But my XM radio is one of those that can record the program. So I play at about 4 p.m. At that time, I'm in the gym. I'm exercising. I can give Bob and his guests my complete attention. Exercising doesn't take a lot of mental activity. This is, of course, similar to the technology that allows you to listen to Technology Corner. Ah, I said it again. TechBiter Worldwide at a time that is convenient to you. You don't have to listen Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. So maybe terrestrial radio is dead, too. And if it is, I consider that a tragedy, one that has been caused by Clear Channel and some of the other large operations. Another artist I'm impressed with is Katie Malua. She is, I think, an enormously talented young lady. She is Russian by birth, Irish because that's where her father moved to pursue a career in surgery. She promotes herself on the web. Fans in Poland tell her story. She is also on a site called Artist Direct and several other sites. I sometimes think and wonder what groups such as the Beatles would have done with this kind of technology. We're still going to continue to see the big labels for a while. The RIAA will continue to control things for a while but not forever. Things are changing. Sometimes I think the Internet is like air. We barely notice that it's there, but when it's not there, even for a few hours, we gasp. When used carefully, the Internet can be a valuable research tool, even though much of what's out there is unedited and unvetted. Every conspiracy nut on the planet seems to have a website that promotes one delusion or another. So caution is required when you go to the web and ask a question. Where the Internet really shines, though, is in its ability to solve technical problems. Recently, I needed to scan a few drawings for younger daughter Katie. I tried to start the scanner application that came with my Epson Perfection 3200 photo scanner. It crashed. I unplugged the USB cable, plugged it back in, tried the application again. It crashed. I restarted the computer, tried the application again. It crashed. I downloaded a new version of the driver and installed that. The application crashed. I restarted the computer once again. The application crashed. The only new application on the computer since the last time that I'd used the scanner successfully was the Komodo firewall. I didn't really think it was responsible, but I turned it off just to be sure. The application crashed. Well, all of that took the better part of an hour. I then opened Google and typed 
ESCNDV.exe has encountered a problem and needs to close. That, of course, was the text of the message. The third item on the first page that Google returned was titled, Epson Scan Won't Open with Epson Perfection 3200. I visited the page that it referred to, and it confirmed that the problem was exactly what I was seeing. So I read some of the suggestions to fix it. Well, it was clear that most of the suggested answers were guesses and were either things I had already tried or things I had ruled out as being either illogical or simply too dangerous to try. Later in the thread, though, the person who asked the question said that he had solved the problem. As it turns out, a leftover thumbnail file from a previous scanning session had somehow become damaged and that's what was causing the application to crash. Now, the people who wrote the application for Epson should have been smart enough to make the application clean up after itself. They weren't. Epson should also have been smart enough to be able to answer the question, but they weren't. They work only on weekdays, and I needed the scan on a Sunday. The guy who answered his own question, and mine, is in Germany. I had already at that point posted a question to Epson. They responded a week or two later with an incomplete answer that didn't solve the problem. This kind of situation is repeated fairly regularly. In some cases, it's because people who are operating under the mistaken belief that I'm a genius who knows everything about technology asks a question. I pose the question to Google and provide an answer. The folks who ask continue to think that I'm a genius who knows everything about technology. But now you know the rest of the story. In nerdly news, here's an interesting reminder. It's easy to forget that your iPod or other music or game device has a hard drive in it. It's also easy to forget that your car's engine needs an occasional oil change. Forgetting about either of those is liable to cause some problems for you. If you have a car, remember to change the oil regularly. If you have a device with a hard drive in it, pay attention to the usage specifications. Game systems, personal computers, and MP3 music players all have built-in hard drives that require protection from the elements. Data recovery experts at DriveSavers warn that hard drives can be damaged when the temperature drops below freezing. According to Scott Gaidano, many people don't realize that hard drives are precision devices that need to operate at specific temperatures. Extreme cold causes condensation on the platters inside a hard drive. That moisture can destroy the hard drive and make for some very unhappy people, says Gaidano. It's a good idea not to store electronic devices in, for example, car trunks, especially laptops or desktop computers, digital cameras, MP3 music players, game systems, anything with a hard drive in it. Devices with hard drives that have been stored where they have reached below freezing temperatures should be allowed to warm up to room temperature before they are operated, and it's going to take quite a while. You don't just bring a device in put it on the desk for 15 or 20 minutes and assume that it's up to room temperature. Room temperature has to be achieved by the components inside that device. It may take an hour or two in some cases, depending on the size of the device. Those are some suggestions from Drive Savers. There are more on the website, www.techbiter.com. Drive Savers was established in 1985. It's recovered data from hard drives and other storage media that have been damaged, dropped, burnt, crushed, and even drowned. The service is not inexpensive. 
but DriveSavers does have an excellent success rate. It can recover data if you need it in as little as 24 hours from all operating systems and all storage media, including hard drives, disk arrays, floppies, CD-ROMs, DVDs, removable cartridges, digital camera media, and backup tapes. I hope you'll never need drive savers, but if you do, the good news is the company is factory authorized by hard drive manufacturers to open sealed drive mechanisms without voiding the original warranty. I've met with these folks, and they're pretty amazing. This would be a real good time not to be a member of an IT security team. E-Week magazine, shortly before the end of 2006, ran an article called 10 Gifts IT Doesn't Want to See on the Network. It reminded me to be really happy that I'm not involved in IT security. Security folks are clearly at the mercy of anybody who wants the company's data. Let's take a look at some of the items that eWeek magazine suggested the IT folks don't want to see on the network. Spies, whether they are corporate or government, have made good use of cameras over the years. Today's digital cameras, including those that appear in cell phones, allow people to take pictures of sensitive information or documents and just simply carry them out of a building or download them, compress or encrypt them, send them out to somebody via email. Or if they're concerned about an email trail, upload them to an FTP site or use a service such as you send it. Or if the camera is a phone, just use the phone to send the image. There are also scanner pens. These look a lot like markers or highlighters, but instead of laying down marks on the paper, they pick up the words. Some of these have enough memory to store several large documents, and that pen won't look out of place in your pocket or briefcase. It'll probably sail right past any security posts. And there are USB thumb drives. I love these little devices, but they are security nightmares. Smaller than a pack of gum, they can hold as much as 4 gigabytes of data. Most computers have USB ports these days. Now, that is great for people who want to use the devices to take files home to work on them at night. I do it all the time. But they're also the easiest way for someone to walk out with computer programs, customer lists, development plans, and other valuable information. Now, a 4-gigabyte thumb drive, okay, that's kind of scary. What about an iPod with an 80-gigabyte disk? Fits in your shirt pocket. Looks innocent. That 80 gigabytes it holds might be music. Might also be 80 gigabytes of information from your corporate server. Those are just four of the items that IT doesn't want to see, at least according to eWeek. Take a look at eWeek Magazine's website for more information. The website, www.eweek.com. And that's it for the first week of 2007. Thanks for listening. This has been TechBiter Worldwide for the week of January 7th, 2007. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website www.techbiter.com and you can send me an email from there. And please do. Thanks. Bye-bye.